you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm late. I'm late. Very important. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from undercover tourists. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from undercover tourists and authorized seller and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with undercover tourists now and save. UndercoverTourist.com the around the nfl podcast doesn't do route concepts welcome back to another edition of the around the nfl podcast my name is dan hansis and i am joined by a stadium filled with heroes mark sessler connor Orr, and kevin at patra what's up boys i messed up your name kevin it's all right i forgive you dan wow you don't want to start that way the lights are on us it's a big event. The NFL Scouting Combine is here. Mark, you've been at this event four years in a row. Is that correct? Uh, fifth year. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, tell me how this year compares to other years. Or is it always the same? Is it Groundhog Day here? It does have a feeling where it's sort of the same each year because you see the same exact people sitting in the same seats, all the writers. And, <laughs> you know, you get this, you know, the laundry list of coaches and GMs coming through. I mean, there's always the storylines are what I think make the Combine or, or break it. And, Last year's had a lot of drama with like the Jim Harbaugh to the Browns rumor and stuff. I think this lacked like a devastating storyline, but there was a lot of good stuff on both both of that packed days. New new faces like Rex Ryan coming in. Was that a, was that a Thurman Thomas jersey he had? He on was today? wearing yeah. a Thurman Thomas jersey on Friday. Yeah, which was interesting. There was of course uh, Bill Belichick was caught on camera spooning up some type of uh, liquid with his finger. <laughs> By NFL Network, uh, I mean, this guy can do whatever Friday. he wants. Yeah, he's he's wearing a sweatshirt now that says Bill Belichick on it, <laughs> so he's reaching the self-parody stage. But it doesn't matter. He's got six rings all told. So yeah, I mean, for me, this was my first combine experience, and Kevin Patrick well. was yours as well. And um, to me, the big takeaway, and we're going to get into some news, and we're going to uh, hand out some combine awards uh, before we get out of here. But uh, the big takeaway for me is like seeing these coaches. Uh, the way this event breaks down Wednesday and Thursday, and some guys on Friday go to, uh, all speak at the podium, GMs and coaches, a lot of coaches, not everybody, but many, uh, if not most. And you see how these coaches are basically at this stage of their career in their rock star status. 
and how you get why. There's a lot of reasons why you want to be an NFL head coach, but you can see like these guys when they come to these events, they're like the swaggering big dogs. They love it. A lot of these guys like it. Uh, today, I I watched, sat in on a Jeff Fisher press conference. And it's 15 minutes only for each of these guys. But Jeff was like, no, I want to take more. Because some guys, you could tell, just love being at that podium and holding court and being, you know, el hombre. Then you walk out in the hallway and, like you said, when, when one of them departs the media center and is disappearing into the darkness of the stadium, everyone's coming up wanting to shake their hands, especially the new coaches, I think, too, that have just ascended right. to this position. Everyone wanna gets chummy with them. I don't think there's a better, like, feeling. Like, if you're Todd Bowles, for example, like – there's, it doesn't get any better than this because inevitably you will get fired. You know what I mean? But right now, <laughs> right, you know, you're in that sweet yeah. spot. You're in yep. that sweet spot. You're the hot coordinator. You're, you know, you've assembled your staff. You think you're going to the Super Bowl next year. Everybody's coming up and telling you how great you are. It, that's why everyone loves it because it's like hope eternal unless you're, you know, Mike Patton or Ray Farmer. For the the, most oh, part. oh, that wasn't right. <laughs> hey, that's that's me too. The uh, the take big takeaway for me was the difference between the media area, which is a bunch of mice scurrying around asking a lot of times ridiculous questions or the same questions over and over again about the devaluation of the running back position. <laughs> yeah, let's calm down with and that. Then, <laughs> and then you come out here into the stadium when they're actually, the guys are on the field and it's eerily quiet almost. And like the two difference, the difference there is very striking that I never would have got. You don't hear, hear that on TV because you got the cameras and, and the sound close. It's a lot of popping and stuff, but this stadium was very it is. quiet. It's all business on this field, and it, it is interesting to see it up close. And But to me, the big star, uh, he's not going to get a Combine Award, uh, first annual Combine Award, but I think Connor Orr taking us to a, a underground cigar saloon uh, on Tuesday night where they were you know, serving high-octane beverages and smoking cigars and sitting on plush red couches. Very plush. Wow, this guy knows the city like the back of his hand. I woke up on Wednesday morning, my room smelled like a a mafia (laughs) hangout. (laughs) Yeah, man, Nikki Blaine's, that's like, uh, it's very similar to what my own house looks like. I kind of modeled it after uh, after that. Like Tony Montana's (laughs) guest room, basically? Uh, So, yeah, so we've been uh, checking out the the indie nightlife, even though it's been single-degree um, single-digit weather here, which is outrageous. Dan has been complaining the entire time. Listen, listen. Endlessly, I, endlessly complaining. I know, because Patra is the tough guy from Detroit. Hey, I'm from Detroit, but now I'm in Chicago. That is, that is the worst I get it, I've I get it. It's cold. It's a Kevin great Patras. Detroit accent. But, you know, I, I grew up in New York. I went to school in Boston. I get cold, too. I've been in L.A. for almost five years, so it softened me at some level. But it's legitimately cold to the point where I've asked uh, area bartenders – who I've gotten to know well, and, uh, you know, at St. Elmo's, which we'll get into later. This is called even for Indianapolis standards, and everyone's like, yeah, it's legitimately absurd. Yeah, I didn't right see Patrick complaining when Dan hailed a cab to go three blocks. Oh, I can't you know, In the middle of that <laughs> three-block ride, Kevin started to realize this was a good move. I got ridiculed for complaining about it, actually. Well, none of us agreed with you. All right, so big takeaway so far, Kevin Patrick, tougher than all of us. Correct, 100%. Uh, looking great, by the way, Kevin. Thank you. <laughs> Your traps, especially. All right, so we've got a big show, as I said, but let's start um, as we always do. Even though we're on the floor of Lucas, Stadium, Lucas Oil Stadium, we're right at the – basically right at the goal line where Ahmad Bradshaw fell in backwards uh, to win Super Bowl 46 for the New York Giants. Connor Orr, a young 
beat writer at that time in his life. What was your big takeaway, by the way, of that event or the the most memorable moment of covering that Super Bowl in this building? <laughs> I would say because uh, I was on Patriots duty and Ooh. I ran like I ran into the locker room so fast that I guess one of the security guards wasn't paying attention and. I was in the Patriots locker room before anyone else was allowed in, so it was like me, 53 sobbing men, and like Robert Kraft going around and individually hugging everybody, and Ooh. then I looked around like, I gotta get out of here, so. <laughs> it was like a, an or family reunion, 53 <laughs> sobbing men. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's get to some news. Let's do some headlines. Uh, TD is thousands of miles away, he, so we don't get a TD drop, but just imagine at this point, he'd be like, what's happening, fellas? And then he'd drop in the news thing. It's like, oh, that was a quirky news drop. It was a mildly witty yeah. soundbite. Good job, TD. But imagine that just happened. And let's start with John Elway. And um, so John spoke. This one's for John. John spoke on Thursday, <laughs> uh, and you know exactly what everyone wanted to know. The first question was, what's up with Peyton Manning? And this is where it gets a little weird. And this is still a weird story. We've been talking about it on the podcast, um, how something doesn't quite add up. Uh, Ian Rappaport and Albert Breer last Friday reported that Peyton Manning had a face-to-face sit-down with John Elway in Denver and expressed that he wanted to return for another season. Uh, NFL media wasn't the only uh, media group that reported that 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 Manning gave the go-ahead that he wants to be back. But then they asked... John Elway about it, and Elway says he still hasn't heard from Manning definitively whether he wants to return. So there's a disconnect there. And then the other thing that struck me, you know, I was sitting in on this. It was my first overall pick in our combine uh, coverage draft in day two. I took John Elway, and I was very happy with it. They, uh, someone asked, well, there's been, you know, reports and whispers out there that it's uh, the contract, Manning's contract, that is that is playing into this. And he essentially – Dodged the pro- dodged the question. His, his was his quote. I think the bottom line is I, it's pretty good. Elway, by the way, it's it's. Uh, it's I okay. think the bottom line is I don't like to get into anybody's contract and discuss anything about contracts, but just know that I believe he'll be back and I believe he'll be our quarterback. So dodged it completely. So there is, and Connor, you as a uh, the grizzled beat man of the around the NFL group, uh, although being a very young man. Tell me, read through this, cut through the BS, and tell me what what's going on here. They don't want him to come back for the amount of money that they owe him. I mean, I think that it's going to be a sensitive thing because I, I feel like Elway holds all the strength in this because if Peyton Manning can't walk away because of a contract dispute, no, especially after all the money that he's made in his for career. how he's remembered. And so Elway knows this. He also knows, he mentioned that Peyton would like to add another Super Bowl, um, almost sort of challenging him a little bit. Peyton would like to add another Super Bowl to his resume. So I feel like now it's just kind of we're in that sensitive gray area where they don't really want to address the elephant in the room. But they are letting it play out in the media to some degree they are, because you're challenging Manning. That's what Elway did. He basically flipped the narrative. I just feel like I'm going to be wrong about the, the, the summertime bet that he retires, but I wouldn't be shocked, and I think that I would not owe you full sandwiches, by the way, if this happened, if he winds up with another team. Mm. Mm. That would be crazy. The other thing <laughs> that that kind of jumped out to me is one reporter, um, you know, was, you know, what about March 9th? He was like, what is there a deadline for him to give you this final word? And March 9th is a, a important date because that's when Manning's $19 million salary becomes guarantee. 
and Elway just he repeated himself and said he's got all the time he wants. So it's like clearly something's at play here, and they got to work this out. And I don't know if it's been handled extremely well because it's the longer it hangs out in the media, the more awkward it gets. Between Elway and Kubiak the day before, it seems like the organizational stance is we want to make it, put it on him, make everyone else believe that we're doing everything we can to bring him back, even if they're not, even if they are squabbling over money. All right, moving on. So let's check in with Adrian Peterson, who, um, you know, he is not here, obviously, but uh, he spoke to ESPN on Thursday in an interview, said that he was, quote, still uneasy about rejoining the Vikings after the team helped expedite his placement on the exempt list in September. He had this to say, there were people in the organization. I should say him like Elway, too. There are people in the, no. there are people in the organization that I trusted who knew exactly what was said that weren't heard from. They weren't able to do anything about it. So, and I kind of see where Peterson, obviously, you know, what he did was not good, and he he was certainly punished for it. Uh, but the Vikings didn't exactly race to his aid. They never like stood up publicly for him. And this guy's been the face of the franchise for years. And it's clear that this is a guy he's stinging from this that they didn't have his back in this the most dramatic moment of his life. I think behind the scenes, though, who probably did reach out to Adrian Peterson were the coaches. I think right. the coaches from the start wanted him on the field, but the PR angle why. was not handled well. And, you know, everyone, when everyone doubted Peterson after, the, after he tore up his knee, he came back with a big chip on his shoulder and basically proved everyone wrong. I think this time around he's, he's probably angry again, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him on a different team too. How about you Absolutely. pair him and Peyton Manning well, together? He brought up Texas in – talking to them he brought up kind of like how they supported him in texas throughout this it just points all signs point to dallas and i think the coaching staff and those who talked to him kind of knew already that this is how peterson felt because the all along they said we want him back if he wants to be here there's always been that caveat that if he wants to be here so i think they know that he feels kind of betrayed by the people whether right or wrong whatever it doesn't matter that's how he feels by the people of minnesota and let's go, but my eighth-grade social studies teacher, Miss Mizell, had the famous line, she tied into many things we learned about, money makes the world go round. So we just talked about it with Peyton Manning, and I'm sure that plays in with Adrian Peterson, too, and the Vikings, is that maybe we don't know that it's public yet, but maybe they're, they've already approached him, or there's been whispers, back channels about, you need to restructure your deal if you want to stay with us. He's making a lot of money for a running back, so... That, Connor, you think that could be playing into this as well? I think so. Um, I, I just think that all around, like, I think that there was an awkward situation to begin with because if, if Peterson wanted somebody to come out and defend him, you have a general manager that's, you know, for better or for worse, under fire that some people thought wasn't going to survive this season. You had a, a, a brand-new rookie head coach at the same time who doesn't want to make waves and, and ruin his first opportunity that he's gotten after years and years as an assistant. So, you know, you can do as much as you can behind closed doors, but if he wanted a public strong defense, I don't think that anyone in that organization was in a good spot to provide it for him. And I think that that might be where the frustration is. But you're right. I mean, you do need to follow the money because I think that they might be looking to move on and, and sort of dress up the roster in a different way. I talked to someone here at the Combine who was talking about DeMarco Murray and how it seemed weird to me that they were they seemed so uh, willing to let Murray go. And he said that, you know, people within the Cowboys, they thought it was funny when people were like, oh, they're gonna, they're overworking DeMarco Murray. Almost like this has always been in their plan, that they never planned to bring Murray, Murray back. They were just going to work him hard, <laughs> get the best you know, production you could get out of him. Hopefully he stays healthy, and then they were going to bring someone else in. So that could be Adrian Peterson. That will be Adrian Peterson, yeah. I think. We shall see. That could be a sandwich proposition. 
Because one thing I know about free agency and, and this time of season, when everyone thinks it's definitely going to be one way, all of a sudden he's playing for the Raiders. Sure. You know, we'll see. Moving on. So Sam Bradford talked about Adrian Peterson tearing up his knee. Poor Sam Bradford has torn his knee up twice in a row over the last two seasons. Uh, and yet the Rams are staying by their quarterback, the former number one overall pick. We've, uh, you know, they've been open about the fact they still want him to be their guy this year. Jeff Fisher, Friday morning, he was the first one up at the podium at uh, Lucas Oil Stadium. Um, he, again, got behind Bradford and said he was betting on Sam Bradford in 2015 uh, when reporters asked, you know, do you have like a plan B? Like, well, you know, you need a plan B with Sam Bradford at this stage of the game. He says, I don't know what that looks like right now. We'll let you know. It could be a veteran. It could be a draft choice. It could be a combination of that. It could be Austin Davis. It could be Sean Hill. Yeah. <laughs> so, listen. you know, he's they're in. They're in on this guy. Does this make sense that they're, yeah, the they're, they're so The problem is that Sam Bradford. Bradford, for more than just a couple seasons, has been plan B. This is not a quarterback that, A, from a health perspective, you can rely on. And, and Fisher today, which I found very annoying, is he's still touting Bradford's record against the NFC West. Let <laughs> it go. 5-2-1. and one, but, And by the way, 5-2-1 and one is not amazing. No. Well, you want to drop me? Well, he's an 8 no since I was here with him. He's like 5-2-1, and one, and then I saw someone tweeted that, you know, most of those wins are against the Cardinals when there weren't always good Cardinals teams. Uh, so that's a weird stat to throw out there that your obviously your organization helps you out with. And for the amount of money he makes, yeah, this is an outrage. This is just one of those things that I think they know that there's no better option exactly. than to give it a roll again so they got to boost him up, as, how, as ridiculous as it sounds. I just think it, this is another case where Jeff Fisher, in 20 years of coaching, has had six seasons where he's had more than eight wins. Six out of 20. <laughs> and part, a lot of it is because he... Doesn't he can't find a quarterback, or he can't uh, you know get it good, good enough play out of a quarterback? And this is just another example of that playing out. Here, he here's the thing, though, that they got. I kind of get the Bradford thing, uh, keeping him because there's not a lot out there. But yeah, you better have a good plan. You better have a better backup than Sean Hill, uh, because there you got to look at it as a 50-50 proposition that Bradford goes down again. You don't know how that leg's going to react. But it is the worst year in a while to try to find a quarterback in the combination of free agency. Or the draft. At this rate, Josh McCown's going to get like a $700 million contract. <laughs> yeah. But he's sitting by week six. As a brief aside, also Ian had a report that Russell Wilson uh, could be heading towards a guaranteed contract, you know, in the $80 million range. If that happens, the whole, the whole financial uh, spectrum of the NFL changes. So that is a No huge... one will talk to John Schneider again inside <laughs> yeah. the NFL community. Sure. It will be a huge thing to watch how that plays out with Russell Wilson. Uh, speaking of contract talk... Uh, uh, Mike McCarthy uh, professed his love for Reggie Randall Cobb on Thursday, and Ted Thompson spoke for the media. Ted Thompson keeps it close to the vest. Uh, They asked about, "Will you do you want to sign Randall Cobb, who's obviously their number one free agent target?" And he said, "Oh, we want to start sign all our free agents." So he's not saying much, but Randall Cobb, I would think, if they let him hit the open market, there are a lot of teams, and there's a lot of money floating around. The salary cap is going to be like, what, $143 million? There are a lot of teams that can make a hard play for a receiver like Cobb. He's got to be careful. And I'll just uh, add to that this conversation piece. Demarius Thomas, uh, John Elway, told local reporters, this is a weird thing um, at the Combine with the coverage, how it works where everyone gets uh, the podium time, the 15 minutes, there's chairs set up, but uh, for some guys, or most uh, GMs and coaches, they'll then go to the hallway, and the beat guys, the local beat guys, will scurry and find him, and he'll do another five, ten minutes or whatever. But sometimes, and in the case uh, of 
This had, story does have a payoff. It does. Okay. <laughs> in this in this case, sometimes you can, only the reporters, beat reporters, have access to the the coach. In this case, we didn't have access, so we learned secondhand that the franchise tag will be used on Demarius Thomas if they can't do a long term deal. So if you were a team that had your eye on Demarius Thomas, it's not going to happen. He's not hitting the open market. I mean, I think we knew that they were going to do whether it was with Julius or Demarius. One of those guys was not going to go to to free agency on any level. I think they, they went with the more reliable player. Right, this is the one, the player that they deem irreplaceable, where I think Julius Thomas, they feel like, especially if Peyton Manning comes back, Peyton Manning's made Jacob Tammy worthwhile for the last how many years. So I think that they, they know that Demarius Thomas opens up their offense in ways that other players don't, so they have to keep him. It's kind of like the Des Bryant, DeMarco Murray situation in Dallas. My only concern there, though, is if you end up having to go with Brock Osweiler or or something like that, you're going to need as many skill position players as you possibly can, and I think dismissing it or not trying to find a way to get creative enough to bring both of those guys back, I mean, as impossible as it might seem, I mean, that $10 million cushion that you're getting in the salary cap should be able to help you, push you in the right direction to get that done. I mean, you know, Brock Osweiler is not going to make Jacob Tammy uh, into, a, into a Pro Bowl tight end. Right. And speaking of the Packers and, and hallway discussions that are not privy to the riffraff like us, <laughs> Mike McCarthy, the Packers coach, uh, told uh, Packers beat reporters on Thursday that, quote, I thought we were the best team in football when our season ended. You have to prove it on the field, obviously. And to me, that was just like an obvious – the comment means – Aaron Rodgers doesn't get hurt. We were the best team in the well, league, and they weren't the best coach. They weren't the best coach team, right? right. That's for sure. Well, that, I mean, maybe, but I get where he's coming from. That's obviously this is a loss that stings because he even brought he brought up he started to dig in on it. He said the team uses the sixteen principles of championship offense and defense, and he said we hit thirteen of the sixteen on offense, and the three <laughs> that we didn't get, I think we were like one or two plays off. Like, <laughs> I mean, he this is a guy that's been staring at the tape and staring at the numbers and trying to scratch his head and trying to figure out how this didn't work out. I just imagine this like board of like championship principles and like he just runs in after the game like uh, did, did we hit them all? <laughs> oh. It's like Minority Report. He's like sliding it around. <laughs> I mean, in a way, it's a sneaky, more crushing season than when they went fifteen and one and, oh, and lost in the playoffs. I think so too. I mean, it's like, but you know, to say that that's fine. But McCarthy and his play calling is a big reason they aren't. In the, they wouldn't get to the Super Bowl for sure. For sure, I think well, Rodgers, if he's healthy, I think they win that game. But McCarthy uh, didn't do a great job in that game, uh, finishing it off. Uh, yeah. So, but but I get it. I mean, people, and also you think about the Super Bowl, how that ended for the Seahawks, and now that's how people remember when they think crushing losses. But that Packers loss to me is still one of the worst losses I've ever, ever. seen a team suffer on a big stage. Uh, ever so well, and the scapegoat yeah. basically got deep sixed. They took Bostick and just yeah, shipped him out of town. That wasn't the Packer way, I thought. but it was reacquired I mean, within the division. So there's plenty so of uh, the Vikings. The quote just tells me almost that he blames Bostick for not for losing a championship. Essentially, really, that's how I read it. Yeah, <laughs> Poor Patrick Bostic. connecting the dots. <laughs> uh, speaking of the Super Bowl, I did, this one I wanted to hit on quickly. We were hanging out in Shula's which is kind of like the um, the Westin is where we're all staying. All our fans are now going to flock to the Westin, pants pounding on the glass. Like three people walking. But, um, <laughs> He's the back three? door. I think we have three. I don't know. All right, moving Relatives. on. So the Westin, the, the Shula is a great hangout, and we saw Jeremy Lane on the ticker on the TV that he you know, has had knee surgery. It was an ACL tear, and that occurred on the interception in the Super Bowl where he actually also suffered – 
the you know action movie type arm break, like a Seagal arm break. Oh. Uh, it, it was the most damaging Brutal. interception return of all time. Fair? Yes. Oh, uh, please. And it, it suddenly puts Seattle, who lost their defensive coordinator to start in Dan Quinn, potentially if Byron Maxwell goes to another team. He's probably gone, right? It looks like he's going to make, he wants $10 million a year. Some team's yeah. probably going to pay him. That's the Seattle secondary that suddenly needs two starting cornerbacks to go along with Richard Sherman. Well, when you listen to Don, John Schneider this week, he sound resigned to the fact that Brand, uh, Byron Maxwell played outplayed his contract and he's going to get something we can't afford. And so he's gone already. It just sounded that way from Schneider. So, yeah, this is a uh, they have so much money tied up in just to a few players, they're going to need younger guys to step up, and we didn't see that in the Super Bowl, that's for sure. No, but that, no team has developed cornerbacks better over the last half Absolutely. a decade. So. Oh, they're great. All right. Well, I mean, they're real great. I thought it was a w- good way to wrap that little segment up and get you to the next part. You put a nice bow on it. <laughs> I put a bow on it. But for then you. I dropped it, and that's great. <laughs> All right. That's what's happening. That's the news. Uh, and uh, now it is time, and this has never happened before. This is a first for around the NFL. The Combine Coaches and GMs Presser Awards, first annual. We're going to hand out some awards to the coaches and GMs that delivered good and bad performances over the last two days. That that really, so far, it's going to shift a little bit now when the, as the Combine uh, takes off. But when they flew us out out here, a big part of our assignment was to be all over those press conferences, which we were. Good job, guys. You did great. Kevin. Thanks. Your beard, by the way. I called him a mid-period John Ritter. I still don't understand what that so means. So it's after – it's after uh, – Like problem child? Kevin has some sneaky <laughs> salt and child. pepper going on. I didn't realize That's that there was some white hair going on. It's Greg just whipping me. It's just it's aging after, me quickly. It's, so it's post-threes company, uh, pre-stay tuned. So it's that like 84 sweet spot where he was like mm. – Kind of I don't think Patrick was even born during this sweet spot of Ritter's career. Moving on. Um, <laughs> he's very comfortable talking about it, uh, as you can tell, Kevin Patrick. So anyway, uh, we're going to hand out some awards. And, uh, you know, listen, all I can say is the Academy uh, is behind this. I had nothing to do with picking who the winners were. I can only say that I will be announcing the awards. You're just the vessel that this is coming through. Right. And then there will be some applause, I imagine, that our producer will pipe in. But. Not really. There's a big crowd in the stadium here that's going to be cheering when we announce you. So let's start. Let's get right going. Let's get into it. It's a good thing we're not in the Falcon Stadium, by the way. hi yo. The first award, best joke, Mark Sessler. <laughs> All right. No, that, was, that was actually a clunker. I would like to have a TD edit Best that out. second impression. So this is, uh, you could read into this however you want, but best second impression by a coach or GM, the winner, Jim Tomsula who after he, he admitted, or it's been, it was widely known that his introductory press conference as Niners coach did not go well. He had that really awesome, awkward uh, interaction as well uh, with, with the uh, local... It was like a between-two-ferns operation. Yes. <laughs> but now he steps to the podium, and I, I, I don't know, if Mark, maybe you remember, or Connor, what his exact words while I stepped to the podium. He's like, let's try this again. <laughs> yeah, I think he – well, yeah. he, admi- he admitted that he w- had been heavily coached up by their media and PR cadre to not be a complete cadre, disaster this work. time. And I thought, number one, he poked fun at himself multiple times right out of the gate. And re- the first three or four questions from reporters were about that – basically just what happened in that press conference, which was a mystifying 45 minutes of absolute mumbling, fumbling disaster from his mouth. I was, what is this guy talking about? He This time around... Take it easy, Mark. And, No, it was a mess. And it was oh, like yeah. that. It's the one thing that probably put the whole fan base 
in a shaky spot. Like, is this our guy? You go from Jim Harbaugh, number one, to this. But he came around, and I thought he was real strong. He, d- he did a good job. I will say that first time, though, uh, he, the interviewer did not set him up in a way like it was your it's your first interview as a head coach and someone's asking you if you're a, a leak to some like damaging anonymous report that led to the also, ouster of the, also this guy the reporter was like just between us I, was like, I hate <laughs> that that is the worst but you're on television i know it was cheesy but he did he did better he was he was himself uh and from everything we've heard and people that know him uh, he's a really good guy, and he, I think it's just going to be a process for him because we were saying at the top of the show how you go from just a regular guy, a regular coach. Once you're the head coach, all eyes are on you, and everything is different, and I think for a guy like him, it's a little tougher. I do wonder if behind the scenes there's a little slapping on the wrist because after Trent Balke came out and said nothing basically the day before, Tom Sula, when he was asked about Frank Gore and Michael Crabtree, like, are you negotiating? The common reply at the Combine is, we just don't talk about that. And you right. know we don't. You can ask the question. He goes, oh, yeah, listen, those <laughs> talks are underway. It's like there was a lot of information coming out, and I think probably Trent Balky's face was melting somewhere. All right, next category, most random opening preamble to a presser. Rex Ryan, Buffalo Bills head coach. Um, Rex who I do miss, you know, the Jets fan does miss Rex, and and things are a lot different now for the Jets uh, beat writers. But uh, he started his press conference, and everybody was waiting for Rex because it's always fun when Rex is involved. And he steps up to the podium. He mentions that he was up at 4 a.m. for something, I think, NFL AM, I would presume, and then <laughs> starts talking about the Buffalo Bisons, which is an independent uh, league team, minor league baseball team, up uh, obviously in western New York, a Blue Jays affiliate, and just a bunch of nonsense about baseball, and just everyone kind of left everyone scratching. Everybody chuckled a little bit, but everybody also was like, "Wait, what are we? What's going on here?" Most random preamble. I'm a little tired of the act. Mm, wow, saucy. I just think he's so much more entertaining than all of the other coaches. So f- that's why the media always like revolves around him because at least he's going to give you something a little more different, more energetic than just the the time is yours, right. Andy Reid's. Wait, you didn't watch think- general manager I- from the Titans, Rustin Webster? I- <laughs> you didn't see the hickster, Dennis Hickey, oh, blow the was- roof off the joint. Wait, Mark, get- I want to get back to you. Are out on Rex Ryan? Well, I think number one, having done the combine five times here it's every time Rex Ryan shows up it's this swarm of media just to sit and watch him crack like <laughs> mid-level jokes and <laughs> just I, and I just don't it. find hate, him hate, to be fair. Hate, it's hate, just hate, sort hate. of like a shtick a little bit fair it's fair no it's I think what it is is it's and and he's become incredible at this over the years it's a filibuster he knows that there are questions that he doesn't want to answer gotta kill time so he's gonna come out there and be like oh i'm this old folksy guy and yeah, i'm gonna right. talk about that makes you know, sense that, that was a great impression by the way sorry right. about that <laughs> next category <laughs> yeah that was great the whole on thing. fire with impressions right now it's no elway uh <laughs> next category most white thing and the winner rex ryan's teeth the old choppers oh, yeah. the whitest thing <laughs> And I just want to—I usually don't say. Thing is the proper term. Who, we're not sure they're real. Who got beat out on this? Uh, the Indianapolis snowfall and Connor Orr. Oh, <laughs> ouch! <laughs> Connor's white, very white. So Exceedingly it doesn't help that I t- have a tucked-in shirt right now. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> hey, it's not working. For By me. the way, Greg just texted me. He's watching this back in the office. Mm. The boss is, you know, undoing me because he says he can see my ankles, and it's like number one. These chairs are a little strange, and I'm not comfortable with the boss it's looking at uncovered skin in my body. How so, about, please stop. <laughs> how about you start wearing a suit, Mark, and you know, grow up in the room. You're 40 now. It's time. All right. Next uh, category. Uh, best 
caught-on-camera moment. We referred to it earlier. This is runaway Bill Belichick uh, you know, with his finger licking a plate, trying to get the last drop of whatever his breakfast was, which led to a lot of discussion about what it was. Was it salad dressing? Couldn't have been. It was 9 a.m. Maple syrup. Too sticky. I, I th- yeah, he licked it too quick for it to be maple syrup. He would have had to peck at it more. Here's my alternate chaos theory. Some sort of a home fry, and there's like the crumbs, and he's oh. using using his fingers as kind of a vacuum to, to clean the plate. I like that. That's a pretty from the wilderness concept there. That was good. The biggest fall from grace. <laughs> this is a this goes to the coach or GM or someone in the in the process here. Uh, I don't you know this isn't picking on him. Doug Marone went from we were talking about being the you know you're the G when you're the head coach and everyone wants to be your uh, friend. He was running the drills with the offensive linemen today on the field at Lucas Oil Stadium. Well, he was also walking uh, by the media center when a lot of press conferences were going on. He kind of did a long dragged walk through Radio Row, and it was kind of sad because he he gambled on the fact that he was going to be one of these 32 coaches talking, and now all of a sudden, I mean, he's an offensive line coach. Nobody's he was, like, staring through the window like a tear falling <laughs> from his left eye. And yet, I don't, uh, you know, I guess you can't feel too bad for him. I, what did he get, $4, four million, million there? Yeah, he's doing so, fine. He's well, he's well compensated. He's still in the game. But that was one of the, the 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 biggest gambles, backfired gambles in a long time in this business. It's I not a say. good sign when you're the when you're Gus Bradley and David Caldwell from the Jaguars, and like three of the first five questions are like, "Wait, we heard this guy's like a total jerk. Why do you like him?" Their problem though was, <laughs> you respond by saying, "I think it was Gus first at, in, at the Senior Bowl mobile." And he's like, "Well, humility first of all. That was that was our main reason." Oh, because for that's the him. shining <laughs> yeah, characteristic that we've gleaned from Doug Marone. We should probably also mention here that we did see Doug one night at a hotel uh, bar, and we had to stop Mark from approaching Doug to ask him about what went wrong with the Jets interview. <laughs> Intrepid reporter. He was su- that was through. super intrepid. That that might have put you like under the the. Earth as he well. is a large individual, by the way. He's a big man. Like a front door type size. Uh, next category, best Mia culpa. Best Mia culpa, Mark Sessler. Ray Farmer, Browns GM, owned up to his uh, texting points. Came right out of the gate, apologized, said it was me. It's not going to happen again. You know, but you find out that there, there was a, it was Petten's reaction to it I thought was even more interesting where he had to say, he, they asked him about it, and Petten's an honest guy. We've learned that. He was like, listen. It pissed me off. I mean, he's like, I'm not going to lie. He's like, I'm not going to even tell you what my real response was in the heat of the moment. So the the whole crew, the front office and Petten and Haslam went to Florida like last week for this retreat, which I told on the last podcast, you know, Greg, how about we go on a retreat? You know, we, we could all oh, not do this too. Idea. It's a good idea, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, this isn't a retreat. This is work. Let's go somewhere and not work. But anyways, so there, I think Farmer had a lot of bridge building behind the scenes, but they seem to be in a good place at this point. I don't I don't buy this that there's an epic disaster unfurling there. They both praise each other. Connor Connor is like I'm trying to be optimistic and Connor's another Browns fan who's every time I talk to him it's just total darkness. I think that they have a very good uh they made a recent change in the public relations department and I think that they have someone that's very good at diffusing situations like this, but I mean I mean you're starting quarterback, but you don't have a starting quarterback. Uh, you're 
the guy that you drafted last year is is in a rehab facility. Um, I mean, and you're admitting you're basically leaving yourself open to some sort of fine or susceptible to some sort of suspension right. by admitting that you're breaking league rules. That's, yeah, but didn't he have to admit it? I mean, they, we, where was he going to go in that press conference if he didn't admit it right up, up front? Well, the, the other thing is if they find out, hey, by the way, we're taking away a second round pick or something, then there's going to be more anger attached to this. Uh, this will be. This connects to that award. This is the most outrageous man crush award. It goes to Mark Sessler, Mike Pettin, your boy. <laughs> listen, yeah, I, we have photographic listen, evidence. It's ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Of Mark in the front row of the press conference, looking up at Mike Pettin like he's Santa Claus, and you are six years old. He's, listen, he's a, I, I'm just doing my job. I'm covering the sport. <laughs> I'm covering different angles. I'm writing it for the website, talking about it right here. Speaking of different angles, he's so <laughs> Mark is so proud of the picture he has on his phone of the back of. Of his head, just the bald <laughs> baldness of the head. It is, and speaking of head, the Les Snead presents best hair award. We would give it to Les Snead. He was there, and his hair was awesome as always. But we can't give it to Les anymore, so we name it after him. <laughs> this one's a bit of an upset. John Elway. He's got that. He's an older man. He's in his late fifties. Full wavy, still mostly sandy. Not likely dyed. And a lot of people say, "What about Gary Kubiak?" It's got the hair mm. of a 28-year-old. It's getting a little suspicious. That's all. I'm surprised <laughs> you didn't give it to yourself, frankly. Well, I'm not a coach or Alleged- general manager. Allegedly. As soon as he walked out, I said that to everybody there. I just said, handsome man. I mean, Elway. Handsome man. I thought you were talking about me. No. Okay. <laughs> we think the hair is completely real. It's not a, There's no extension scenario going on. We are, we're running out of time, so let's uh, – <laughs> most overused buzzword. This is like in the Oscars. They give out the awards that are before the show, and they don't even get – the people that win don't even get to go on stage. Most overused buzzword, process. Everybody loves talking about the process of free agency and the draft. We're going through the process. Overused. The uh, St. Elmo Awards, our steakhouse. Best cut of steak at Elmo's, the filet mignon. The best waiter at St. Elmo's, Andy. Oh, he's fantastic. So good. Looked like a low-level Tony Romo. (laughs) Uh, The best combine deep sleeper, which uh, the (laughs) three of us, Patra, Connor, and myself, Mark, was upstairs cranking away within the stadium's bowels. Uh, you you announced this one, Connor, because we watched him for a good four and a half minutes. It's all about Jerry Lovelock from here. Oh, I yeah. mean, you can write it down. I mean, Prairie View cannon. A&M. Guy's got a cannon. It's like th- this would be like us in 2000 saying Tom Brady. Keep an eye on it. I mean, this is going to be this, <laughs> this is going like, to be that kind of next Eric Hipple, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he. I think he's just an extra arm, though. He's not actually right. in this, right? <laughs> should we say that? We should probably make that clear. That uh, takes a little wind out of the sails. Yeah, but that arm is is beautiful. It is a great. And finally, we'll do the most grim realization award. That would be the Jets beat guys. He went from Rex Ryan. I know Mark was over Rex Ryan. But he was still somebody they were able to get headlines out of. And now they went to Mike McCagnan, GM. Who I like, but yeah. Right. And the new head coach, he is not somebody that's going to give you a lot of uh, heat either, uh, Todd Bowles. So uh, you could tell, and sitting behind the beat guys, which is a good way to, to watch this stuff when you're at the press conference, you can tell that they were a little like, wow, things have changed. It's finally set in that the the salad days are over. I just remember like when, when Rex Ryan was there, like you would have your main story and then you would have a notebook where you'd have like a couple items. Like there was a time when he guaranteed they would win the Super Bowl and it was not the headline on either of those things. It was like <laughs> the third item in a notebook and it's just like that is so far gone. I mean the, the, Won't that beat still find a way to eat each other up over something? I'm sure. Yeah. I mean it's New York. It's an uh, angry pack of journos. <laughs> uh, I skipped over, but one last one before we get out of here because Mark's going to be mad at me. Best vegetarian option at acclaimed Midwest Steakhouse. <laughs> I asked Mark. <laughs> he went with bread. 
Well, listen, they just had, so the baskets of red were excellent. It was. Was there a runner-up, a close runner-up? Uh, that would be the the vegetable drink, you know, with a heavy vodka laced, like tomato type juice, or that sandwich I wasn't allowed to bring into the uh, combine. Today. Oh, all right. All right. Well, that's it. Those are the combine awards. We'll never do them again. But I just want everyone to know that uh, you you listen to history, the first and only combine awards. Maybe not. Well, you tell us on Twitter if you liked it or not. We will be here. I'll be here until Monday. Uh, you guys will be trickling out of here one by one. Patch will be driving because he's grizzled. They said, hey, we're going to put you on a plane. He said, no, I'm going to roll my windows down and drive <laughs> <laughs> to Detroit or Chicago. True wherever. story. Uh, so, yeah, we'll be here covering the rest of the event as it takes off. But uh, thank you for listening to uh, Around the NFL Podcast special live from Lucas Oil Stadium. We will all be back in the studio next week. I think we'll do two shows next week. And then after that, we'll, we'll go back to three shows a week with the draft. Uh, looming. That's the next big event. It never ends. It never ends. It's almost like there's no downtime. <laughs> speaks volumes. That's it. This is Dan Hansa signing off for Quiet Storm, Space Ghost, Kevin Thatcher coming at you. Until next time. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm late. I'm late for the important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. Come.